you have a week to get on a point, sharpen your hands again, and do what needs to be done so your kids come home to a spiritual household. They're going to come home wanting to have a time in the Word with mom and dad. You can't say, I don't feel like it today, son. Go play on the street. No, no, no. We got to be ready to embrace them and encourage them as they come back from camp. So summer camp is for the kids, but it's also for the parents. It's not like, woohoo, it's a fire time. It's also going to be revival in our hearts time so we can help the kids come back. And here's an encouraging thing. Uh, the Brock Springs here has raised over $9,000 to help all 40 families
Isaiah 52, verse 7. How beautiful are the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. You know, the good news is this. There's a throne, and God is on the throne. There's no man or woman on the throne. There's no preacher, no actor, no athlete, no musician, no rabbi, no pope. It is the Lord God Almighty that is on the throne. That is the good news, because that is unchanging. That is someone we can count on day and night, every single day. But when we look at the Bible, and Jesus talks about the good news, he talked about the kingdom of God. When he talked about the good news, it was the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. And see, this, this time and era of today, our popular gospel talks about Jesus as Savior, but not as sovereign. He can be the Savior, but he's not the ruler, he's not the Lord, he's not the almighty power. The gospel of the world tries to tell us that you can feel good with Jesus, but you don't really have to let him really be sovereign of your life. And that's the problem. Because so often people preach about Jesus, but we don't necessarily preach like Jesus. I'm not saying the way this told or anger or frustration. I mean, what did he really preach about? Let's look at Matthew chapter 4. What did Jesus preach about? Matthew 4, 17. It says, from that time on, Jesus began to preach. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is near. Look at Mark chapter 1, verse 4. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. 
Look how I'm living. I'm living large. Didn't even get off his lips before God said, you know what? I'm going to take your kingdom away from you. Now, did he take the Babylonian people? No. Did he take his borders, his territory? No. He took his rule away. He was no longer king. That's the kingdom that God took away from him. See, when Jesus says the good news of the kingdom of God is at hand, it's there. What he's preaching is that the God of heaven is establishing dominion, sovereignty, and the choices available for you to live under his reign instead of under any other reign. See, when Jesus preached be saved, he didn't just preach be saved from, he preached be saved into, saved from your sin and into a different kingdom, a reign by God who is sovereign and power of all. Now this was what Jesus preached in the gospel, this is what his disciples preached, and this is what the book of Acts preached. Look over in Acts chapter 8, verse 12. Follow me. Right. 
It's not that we've rejected the kingdom of God. That's not it at all. What it is is we've reduced the kingdom of God. And we've reduced it in two ways. We've reduced the kingdom of God in regards of, of, of heaven. What I mean is this. The kingdom of God, when we get to heaven, Jesus will be king, and we'll all be under his authority, and that'll be great. Okay, but well, here's the fact. You're not in heaven yet. You're in the real world. Jesus rules your life in heaven, but then you can rule it here on earth. If we relate the kingdom of God only to heaven, that means when I get there, yes, Jesus is Lord. Until I get there, I'm Lord. Wow. Now, we don't always really wow. say that, but if that's our only connection, that's how we live. The second way we do it, we reduce the kingdom of God, equating it only to church. You say, wait, I don't understand that. Well, Jesus is the king, the head of the church, and he needs to guide and direct the church. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. That is a fact. But you got to understand this. You're only in church a few hours a week. So if Jesus is Lord in church, those few hours a week, four or five, those other hours, you Lord. Right. So when I'm in church, Jesus is Lord, when I'm not, I'm going to do what I want to do. See, that's how we reduce the kingdom of God. You say that, but wait a minute. Why? Why would we do something like that? Not purposely, but if you reduce the kingdom of God like that, then that means you get to keep your own kingdom. See, when Jesus said, repent, for the kingdom is near. You know what that means? That means there's also other kingdoms around to us. The kingdom of God is there, but there's also some other kingdoms that are near. So if we reduce the kingdom, it hurts us in several ways. But I want to talk to us today about what we lose if we try to reduce the kingdom of God. That way we can get the real big picture of the kingdom of God. So if we reduce the kingdom of God, then we lose our freedom from pseudo-kingdoms, other kingdoms. I used to wonder how a person could be a Christian 5, 10, 15 years and still be unhappy, still be bitter, angry, refusing to forgive somebody. How can somebody be in the kingdom of God for a year and refuse to use the talents that God gave them? And then I said to myself, I said, so? <laughs> I know why. They're coming to the kingdom of God, but they live in a different kingdom. They live in a kingdom of bitterness, anger, frustration. Live in a kingdom of selfishness, refusing to use their gifts that God gave them. People can come visit the kingdom, but live in another kingdom. We see it all the time. People are in the kingdom of alcoholism, pornography. They're in all kinds of adulterous kingdoms. They're in different kingdoms. Because Jesus is the sovereign and Lord. He may be Savior, but he's not sovereign. That means he's not fully controlling of everything they do. That's a destructive kingdom that people can be in. We can be sitting in this kingdom, this church, but live in another kingdom. You know, what they say, yeah, Jesus, where's the kingdom? Oh! <laughs> 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 
You're about to tour your car away, so please give that to your car. Please move it immediately. In BMW and Mercedes, double park and front screen. Please move your car immediately. Thank you.
week one, you need to turn over all you have. Then we can have peace. You know, that's a part of counter cost. One king goes out fighting another king. The one who has more is going to win. How long are we going to fight God? You're going to lose. Turn it over. And once you turn it over, you're no longer a king. You serve another king. You don't get to keep your kingdom. So let me ask you this. All those that are busy, how long before you make a decision to turn your life over to God? I don't want you to be a visitor anymore. You need to get in here and become a member of God's army. Yeah. It's not just a visitor. You need to be a member, a part of God's army. If you're already in God's army, are you in the back? Amen. There's a difference in being in the army right. and in the back. Right. You can be in the army. We had, on our football team, we had guys like that. We were out there playing, and then they were on the sidelines, second, third, straight. And I remember there was one guy who was six foot six, two hundred and eighty pounds. And he went, hey, I mean, seriously, you can hardly hear things on the field when you're playing, but this guy, you can hear. He was screaming, he was yelling, he was saying other stuff, explaining stuff. He was so loud, and he was an offensive lineman. And I remember the guy who was starting got hurt, sprained his ankle or something with his ankle, I can't remember that. And he had to get off. And that guy was supposed to come in. And his eyes got big, and he did not even want to go out on the field. Wow. He got laid in sideline all America for the rest of his career. Because on the sideline, he had a lot to say. He was an all-American. He could tell you what to do. He was getting in everybody's face. But when it came time for him to get in the game, he froze up. Please, do not be a sideline all-American Christian. Don't be the one that knows everything that can happen, should happen, but you're doing it from the chairs. Either get in the game with us, or get out of the game. It's one or the other. And we're not trying to run anybody away. I'm just trying to wake you up. I'm trying to get you out of the wrong kingdom and into the right kingdom. Well, what is my kingdom? I don't know. But let me ask you this. What area of your life is Jesus not supreme ruler of? That's your kingdom. You know, one thing people value more than money today Value more than houses or cars is your time. My time. My time is precious. I need my time. My time is for me. You know what? That could be your kingdom. You want so much of your time that you're not using your time to go spend it with Christians, non-Christians, fellowship, or whatever it may be. Not that you can't have your own life, but is your time governed by you or by Jesus? Look over at Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. See what I'm talking about is a little strange to some. And that's why some of Jesus' teachings is so hard for people to understand. Because a lot of Jesus' teachings is very simple, but they're kingdom teachings. But we try to change it from kingdom teachings to something else. Let me show you what I mean. Mark chapter 10, verse 17. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. 
Teacher, he declared, all these are kept since I was born. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then, come follow me. At that time, at this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had a great love. Jesus looked around at his disciples and said, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? He goes on to tell him it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Jesus laid that out there. And so here we are, 2,000 years later, watering that scripture down. Well, what do you mean? Well, honestly, this is, from what I understand, the only person that sincerely went to Jesus that left more unhappy than they went. Because he went to Jesus, and this was a good guy. Moral guy, had money, good sharp. I mean, the kind of person you want your daughter to hook up with. Okay, this is a good guy. But yet, Jesus said, you know what did you like? So all you have is to the poor. He didn't like that. This was not about his money. This conversation was a kingdom conversation. Because his kingdom was his money. Jesus said, give up your kingdom and come follow me. The man didn't want to give up his kingdom. But see, we want to just think, oh, it's about money. It's about rich people. Oh, it's about, you know, how can this camel get through the gates? It's not about the camera going through the gates. It's about you letting Jesus be sovereign of your finances. Because finances can be your kingdom. Right. Are you willing to give up your kingdom? See, that was the real question. Are you willing to give up your kingdom? This rich young man said, you're not getting my kingdom, Jesus. I love you, but whoa, slow that down. That's my kingdom. I was hard to get this kingdom. And he walked away unhappy. And he didn't want to give up his kingdom. You know, there may be somebody that walked away from the service today, unhappy. Because okay. they don't want to give up their kingdom. They like what they do at night when nobody's around on their cell phone and they get internet. That's their kingdom. They feel justified being angry at their kids and their wife. That's their kingdom. They feel like they've been so hurt by their husband that they can never, ever get over it. That's their kingdom. But if you notice, Jesus gave up all those things and said, follow me. So if we're going to follow him, we ourselves need to give up those things. And live in his kingdom. The real issue is, whose kingdom are you living in? Before I was a Christian, I lived in the sports kingdom. Everything was around sports for me. And I was going to play ball, be rich, buy my mama a house, and then everything else was spent on me. I was converted. I had a contract to play in Canada, CFL. I even sat down. I remember coming across and said, listen, I'm going to go play I will still become a Christian. I'll buy me an airplane and I'll fly to church every Sunday. <laughs> you know, you got to rationalize your life. But rationalize is how you don't make it work out some miraculous way that Jesus is Lord, trust God. <laughs> and that wasn't about to work. They said, okay, the real issue is are you willing to give that up? Wow. And I thought, wait, that's my dream. I've been working at that for 21 years. Are you willing to give it up? Wow. See, guys, that, that's what we're talking about. So many people are chasing an American nightmare, I mean, American dream. <laughs> but are you really willing to live in the kingdom of God? And see, sometimes our family can become our kingdom. Right. 
I need to be at church on Sunday. And they changed the whole practice for the Utah Jazz, pushed it back two hours so he could be at church on Sunday morning. That right there, that's when he was really good. That, that right there is, when you look at that and say, okay, here's a professional NBA player who's asking his coach to change the whole structure of the team because he needs to be at church. You gotta ask yourself, what do you want to do? When I won't even get up and have a quiet time in the morning. When it's too hard for me to wake up and read my Bible. You gotta ask, what kingdom are you living in? Some people live in a rope still sit kingdom and they just want to sleep, sleep, sleep. Sleep, sleep, sleep. We need to get up and work, work, work. All I do is work. Look over at Matthew chapter 7. Matthew 7, verse 21. Got everybody crying up here tonight. <laughs> Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, you have not prophesied in your name, and in your name drive out demons and perform any miracles. And I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, evil doers. We will never experience real freedom unless we first see the kingdom of God. That is the good news, the kingdom of God, because it sets you free from so much. If you talk to people here, they'll tell you right now, they've been set free from alcoholism, uh, uh, adultery, immorality, drug abuse. We've been set free from so much. Hatred, prejudice, bitterness, set free from those things. Why would you want to go back to what you were just set free from? That makes no sense. You can land on Jesus, Jesus landed on you. we got to understand, this is important for us to understand the kingdom of God is good news. And that's why we need to go share the good news. Yeah. We don't need to just go invite somebody with an invitation card. We need to share the good news. Yeah. You say, well, that's, we're, we're not just, this city is like that. We don't just talk about those things. You know what I found out? When I, because not come here, I didn't know that. So I'm just starting to talk to everybody about personal things. And they just stop and look at you all funny. And then they start talking. Because that's unusual. Right. But then when it happens, it just kind of unleashes a whole lot on some people's parts. Because it's so bottled up. Yep. Because it got to come across a certain hardcore way. Let me move on. I don't want to take us all day. Is that, is that the signal? Well, I don't say the signal ain't working. <laughs> when we reduce the kingdom, we lose our freedom for other kingdoms. But secondly, we lose our legacy as life changers. When we reduce the kingdom, we lose our legacy as life changers. America is full of churches. Empty of the reign of God. We have churches that are full of committees. But we're missing thrones. See, the issue is, many of us, not purposely, but have focus on church agenda and not on the kingdom of God. Well, what do you mean? Well, we could be the, the old church lady where let's just do church. Let's not worry about the character change. Let's make sure everything is in order. Make sure the welcome's done right, the communion's done right, 
make sure the ushers are all organized and that they kind of got everything in line, like white stewardesses. Let's make sure everything looks good on the outside, but not deal with the real character. Right. Or then you can have the new church lady who doesn't really care how things look, but let's just make sure it's very relatable. That everybody's having fun, that they're all happy, that they want to come back to this great One is the gospel stooped in legalism, the other stooped in consumerism. But the real message is in the gospel, the kingdom. Look over in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. You gotta realize there's nothing that man has built with his intelligence that has lasted. Nothing. We're not smart enough to build God's kingdom for him. But in Hebrews 12, verse 28. Therefore, since we have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Since God's kingdom cannot be shaken, it doesn't matter who's in office, it doesn't matter who's running the city, right. God's kingdom cannot be shaken. It doesn't matter what's going on in the economy, the job market, God's kingdom cannot be shaken. All other kingdoms can be shaken and destroyed. How many times has somebody run away looking for a certain relationship and it didn't work out? See, those relationships, those kingdoms will be destroyed. But God's kingdom will stand forever. And then thirdly, when we reduce the kingdom, we lose our commitment as imitators of Jesus. When we lose the, the, the focus of the kingdom of God, we lose our commitment to imitate Jesus. Have you ever wondered if the advertising sponsors really consume what they sell? Does the product James really have a big spray machine in his kitchen? Probably not. Is uh, Britney Spears drinking Pepsi after a concert? Probably not. Did Tiger Woods really drive away in the Cadillac after his golf tournament? Probably not. But let me ask you this. Could the same thing be said about those that will best Jesus? Do you consume what you sell? Are we consumed with Jesus? We want to talk about it and proclaim it, but is that what consumes us? See, all Christians are relying on Jesus for the next life, but it seems that not all Christians take seriously Jesus in this life. We have to understand, this is why so many of Jesus' teachings sound crazy to people, because they don't understand the kingdom of God. Never worry about material things. If I don't worry, we will. We're, we don't understand the kingdom. That's, that's the mindset. What about that? Worry about who's going to worry about? What about when you're asked to not take anything back from somebody that you loan something to? Well, if I don't take it back, I'm going to be taken advantage of. I got to make sure. Because if not, I'm going to be out of luck. See, these are kingdom scriptures, kingdom discussions. You know what it says? If you're stopped on one cheek, turn the other cheek. Whoa. <laughs> if you're stopped on this cheek, you're going to see the other. Back! 
discussion. Are you about revenge or are you about the Lord? See, a lot of scriptures that all of a sudden are, are confusing make a lot of sense when you look at them it's at the kingdom discussion. I want to challenge you today with this. Three simple things. Look at three areas of your life and ask yourself this. Do I have any other kingdoms in my life? Do I have any pseudo-kingdoms in my life? Again, what do I mean by that? Is there any other area of life that Jesus is not truly sovereign, has full reign of? Not just a material being, but even your attitude. Is he sovereign over your anger, frustration, worry, doubt? Are those things that Jesus is still Lord of? Secondly, Am I letting Jesus improve my life or rule my life? This is what you're going to ask. Is Jesus improving me to be a better person? Or is he ruling my life for eternity? And then thirdly, am I consumed by what I profess? Am I consumed by what I profess? Is Jesus really Lord? You know, we look at things today, we got to ask, okay, well, where do I go from here? Well, I say this because I want us all to be in the kingdom of God. Being in the kingdom of God means you have life to the full. You're able to be happy. You're able to be set free. You're able to be different. You're able to change whatever. All these teams are going to experience the kingdom of God this upcoming week. As they go to camp, as they get out there, there's no, no phones. They get all the television, no Netflix, no all that stuff. It's just going to be them and God. Yes. And their life is going to change. Even if they don't want to go, but your mama making you go, your life is going to change for the better. But the issue isn't just changing, it's letting Jesus be ruler of their lives. So when they come back and they see mom and dad having Jesus as ruler, they're going to say, that's what this is really all about. I got a glimpse of it at camp, but I see it every day now. I want to encourage you. To let Jesus be Lord. We say Jesus is Lord, let him be Lord. Let's make sure we're not living in any other kingdoms. That there's nothing else that we're holding on to that's more important to us than Jesus Christ. Let us consume what we confess. And truly, let Jesus be sovereign. And to God be glory. Oh, 